0: And be seated. Go ahead and be seated. If you have your Bibles with you, go to Mark chapter 1 for me. Go to Mark chapter 1. If you don't have your Bibles, shame on you. But anyway, if you, go to, if you have your Bibles, go to Mark chapter 1, verse 35. If you don't have your Bibles, it'll be on the screen for you guys. Mark chapter 1. Mark is after the gospel of Matthew, before the gospel of Luke. Mark chapter 1. Here we go, verse 35. It reads like this. And rising very early in the morning, while it was dark, he departed, Jesus meaning, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon, who happens to be Peter also, and Simon went and searched for him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Jesus said to them, let us Go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came. And he went throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is the word of the Lord. What I love about this particular passage, it it shows us Jesus' continual posture. As a matter of fact, in the the Gospels, what it would do is it would— They're going to always remind us what Jesus came to do or or, or what Jesus accomplished. But this one particular scene we're going to see is that Jesus always was praying. Always was kneeling to the Father. As a matter of fact, we're going to be starting a brand new sermon series today. And our sermon series is Stop Trying, Start Training. And in this sermon series, what we want to do is we want to talk about how we can grow in our relationship with God. And we can grow in becoming more and more like Christ. And we can grow in that by establishing certain practices in our lives to do them. And these practices are called spiritual disciplines. These practices are called spiritual disciplines. Do you know that you can achieve nothing in life without discipline? You know that, right? You and I, we we can't achieve anything. We can't be successful in one thing without having a hint of discipline, of definable, deliberate actions with a clear goal. I remember a little while ago, uh, I I tried this thing called yoga. Then I found out yoga was demonic. But anyway, uh, uh, I tried this thing called yoga, and I realized yoga, I'm not so good at it. I realize in yoga, like, okay, you got to stretch places that I don't want to stretch. That I, Listen, I'm too old for that. And You got to do things. And I'm like, you know what? This is not for me. And, and you can join in me in saying that we all have tried things and never completed them. Right? You, you can join in me in saying, we all say we want to do this, but never actually end up doing it. Right? Right? We all have the New Year's. Resolutions. I'm going to read 20 books, and by, it's, it's November, you haven't read one, right? I'm going to read through the Bible. I'm going to read through Genesis to Revelation, and you're still on Genesis chapter 1, right? Right? And, and, and we all question ourselves and say, man, we, and, and we, we try to make these goals, and we try to have these definable uh, 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 things that we want to do in our lives. But at the end of the day, success begins with discipline. I love Kobe Bryant, the late, great Kobe Bryant. One of, he's my favorite athlete of all time. He had this thing called mamba mentality, right? Co- Kobe's, Kobe was the type of guy while everybody else was partying, while everybody else was, was, was doing the, 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 the celebrity thing and entertainment. Jesus, I'm mean, sorry, Jesus. Kobe was in the gym training, disciplining himself growing himself. I love Tom Landry. Some of you know who Tom Landry is. He's a very well-known football coach from the back back in the day. Uh, His his well-known stint was with the Cowboys, right? His well-known stint was with the Cowboys. And he had a lot of success. And he was asked, why is this team having so much success? Why is this team always winning? And then he said this, he says this, my job is to get them to do what they don't want to do in order to achieve what they always wanted to He said, my job is to get them, what they, get them to do what they don't want to do. So in this sermon series, we're going to talk about all the spiritual disciplines that it takes for us to grow in our relationship with Christ. For us to grow in becoming like Christ. Now, here's what I want you to know. Discipline refers to training, instruction, correction, some, some type of growth or maturity that we are making in our lives. As Christians, we're called to mature. Right, We're called to grow, right? We're called to change, and, and, and we do that by, 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 by establishing these practices. Now, here's the thing about doing these practices. Practicing spiritual disciplines isn't for so God can love you. Listen, in Christ Jesus, you are loved more than you ever have been in Christ, right? These spiritual disciplines aren't meant for so God can answer and do everything you you, you want to have it happen in your life, these spiritual disciplines we we practice becoming like Christ. We train in growing our relationship with Jesus. we We do these things because we have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. You know one of the things that compels me most is the love of Christ. It's the grace of Christ, because I have a past, and so do you. But to know that our that our shame and our sin and our brokenness all is swallowed up in Christ. It, it compels us to want to live greater for him, right? Right? The cross makes me want to die with him and live with him and walk with him. That's the goal of the spiritual discipline. As a matter of fact, the word discipline shows up in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul says that we are to train ourselves for godliness. Train means in the Greek, uh, uh, gun mazo. And this is where we get the word gymnasium from, right? This is where we get the word gymnasium from. Paul is saying we need to prepare like an athlete for a competition. And Paul says everything starts in the gymnasium of the soul. Everything starts in the gymnasium of the soul. But see, here's the thing. In order for us to establish this discipline, we have to look and say, well, this discipline has to be priority in my life. Because if I grow in these disciplines— Well, then I grow in my relationship with God. I grow in my relationship with Christ. And everything around me begins to be impactive and blessed. Here's the thing about discipline. Discipline is meant to result in godliness. What is godliness? Becoming like Christ. What's your goal in life? Let me ask you that question. For me, my goal was was to own a a ranch-style home on four acres of land, to, to, to live out where nobody can talk to us, nobody can reach us. The neighbor is five miles d- down the road. That, w- that was the goal. I would love that right now to let everybody know still. But that was the goal, right? That, that was the goal. That, and, and what happens is whatever your goal establishes your practice, right? Establishes what you do. Everything you, you do in life is for this and for that, for this particular goal. But what if, what if our true goal more like our rabbi what if our true goal because i believe this the more and more we grow like christ the more and more we find the blessings that we deeply long and desire i believe this i need to become more like christ for my marriage and not more like my brokenness and my sin i need to be more like christ so i can help lead this church because i can't lead this through my ability because i'm a broken man I'm a sinner saved by grace, right? Right, what if if our posture, and we said to ourselves, the ultimate goal is Christ's likeness. The ultimate goal is to be like Jesus. But friends, I guess the only way we can do that is by establishing these disciplines. And the first discipline we're going to talk about, the most important of all of them, is prayer. The most important out of all, All the disciplines that we see in the scriptures is prayer. If you read in the Old Testament, whenever there was a victory or whenever they were in uh, uh, some type of hard, pressurous situations, what do they do? They call out to God. They pray. Heck, we have the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms are nothing but prayers and songs, right? And then the scriptures, as a matter of fact, Mark and many other gospel writers, We'll talk about Jesus praying a lot. As a matter of fact, over 30 times they talk about Jesus praying or talking about prayer, right? And I always tell you, Bible study one-on-one. Whenever something in the Bible comes up a lot, it's almost like God is telling you, here's the answer. <laughs> here's the answer. It's almost like God is giving you the answers to the test. Whatever pops up a lot in the Bible is saying, this is your, this is meant for your attention, we see prayer come up quite a bit. Now, why do we see that? Because here's what I want you guys to know. The central practice of the Christian life is prayer. You cannot call yourself a Christian and have an absent prayer life. Now, I know that sounds harsh. I know it sounds like, well, Javon's supposed to be the encouraging guy, the, the, the inspirational preacher. But I here want you to know this. If we have a Lack of prayer—that means we are working out of self-sufficiency. But see, a prayerful life is working out of Christ sufficiency. See, there's a difference, right? There's a big difference between His sufficiency and ours. And really, we don't have <laughs> much uh, to begin with, right? The Christian life is fueled by prayer. It's fueled through prayer. It's fueled through prayer. Now, let's talk about what is prayer, right? Because if we all went around the room and we all asked questions about what are our take on prayer, we probably would all come up with different answers, right? And, and I'm not saying they would be wrong. I'm not saying they would be bad. But I, I do want us to, to come and, and see at, at the most basic level what is prayer. At the most basic level, this is prayer. Prayer is an invitation from God. Throughout the scriptures, you see God calling and inviting people to Throughout the scripture, we see prayer as this model of God's invitation. You ever been invited somewhere you didn't want to go? Hopefully it wasn't church. But you ever been invited somewhere you didn't want to go? Maybe it was like a party. Maybe it was like the in-laws. For me, that was for me. But maybe it was like, (laughs) there was a lot of handshaking when I said in-laws. But maybe, you ever been invited somewhere you didn't want to go? Because you knew if you went there, it's going to be a horrible experience, Right? Because whatever the invitation you accept determines the reality you experience, right? Right? Whatever we we accept determines our reality. And here's the invitation of God. Here's what what prayer means at the most basic level. Prayer is not a wish list to God. Prayer is not going to God and just telling him all the things you want him to do. Because God promises to bless your need, not your greed. God said, I will bless your need. And I already know what your need is. But here's what the most basic level of prayer is. Prayer is God wanting you to know him. That's what prayer is. The almighty of the, the cosmos, the, 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 from, from ancient days, from, from beginning to ending to end to end, the, the creator wants you and I to know him, to know his heart, to commune with him. See, we think prayer is communicating But really, prayer, in its most basic level, is communing with God. It is coming into the presence of God. And it's to know Him. And it's to enjoy Him. To love Him. Just to be with Him. Jesus says, in Matthew 7, Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will... Come on, y'all. Y- y- y'all not dead today. Seeking you will. Fine. Knock and the door will be open. See, that? that is not a, a model of prayer to say God's going to answer every single one of your prayers. Notice the premise of that whole entire uh, uh, verse. is built off invitation. It's built off invitation. time when we go before God and we experience him we experience the father's love now when I say about when I say anything about father in church it gets a little tricky because when you hear the word father and God is a father it can tend to trigger us because we all may have had some bad fathers right it it triggers us because this whole idea of like you know, you're a good, good father. You know, we, we hear all about these songs and we, we, we talk about these, 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 uh, 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 these statements about the father and, and all of that. But the only way we can see the, uh, God as father is because of the father experiences that we've had in our lives. And some of them have been negative. Some of us have had fathers where there wasn't any care. Some of us had fathers where there was distance, some of us had fathers where they were in the home, but they might as well not be there because they're so distant. Some of us had a father where, when we came to them about anything hard, the first reaction was impulse. Some of us had fathers, and here's what I want you to know: your heavenly father, your heavenly father exceeds your earthly fathers. Your heavenly father exceeds your er- your earthly fathers that you have experienced in your life. God wants you to relate to him. Jesus says over 20 times in the Gospel of Matthew, Father. See, he wants us to relate to the Father like how he has related to the Father from the beginning. To have this deep communion, to know we can go to him. As a matter of fact, Paul will say that God sent his spirit into our hearts in which we cry, Abba. Thank you. Abba. Abba is nothing but an Aramaic word for word of endearment. If we can go to God and we can say, Papa. We can say, Dad. Father. See, it it, it determines about how you, however you view God determines how you pray. Right? If God is just a guy in the sky waiting to throw down uh, thunderbolts at you because you did the wrong thing and you never repented for it and you never did. See, we're going to have scary prayers, but if we have prayers of a father, Abba, more genuine and more deep. Listen, prayer is the medium through which we experience and connect to God. When we go to God and we are seeking him with our mind and our hearts and we're focused and giving our attention to him. See, at the end of the day, prayer transforms us from being consumers into disciples, right? Because sometimes we, we take this consumeristic approach into our relationship with God, right? And we say to ourselves, If God gives me this, well, then I will be happy. Well, then I will be at peace. See, I'm going to God to to get him to answer this specific prayer because this prayer is the, the ticket to life. But see, prayer is saying, no matter what, I just want God. Do you have that kind of prayer in your life? Sometimes I like that. Sometimes I just want stuff more than I want sometimes I want my prayer request to be answered. A prayer is saying, God, I just want you, to have your mind full of God. Now let's take a look at this Mark chapter 1. Let's take a look at this real quick. Let's read this. It says this, verse 35. And rising very early in the morning. Stop right there. There's discipline. As a matter of fact, some scholars would say that the time Jesus got up to pray, might have been 4.30 in the morning. I don't know about you, but I would have been the disciples still sleeping, okay? I don't get much sleep in my household. These kids, they wake up, they poop, they do everything, makes me angry, you know, whatever. So I need to sleep as much as possible. But here's discipline. He gets up early in the morning. Here's what I want to challenge us as a church, whether it's your first time or you've been here so many times. Here's my challenge as a church. What if we give yourself a week? wake up early in the morning and pray. Some of you are like, I already do it. we we'll wake up earlier, all right? <laughs> what, if this was our, what if this was our practice? He, he, he gets up early in the morning, and now when he gets up early in the morning, here's his next practice. Let's read it again. It says, verse 35, keep it up there. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went to a desolate place. We see this happen so many times in the gospel. As a matter of fact, the Gospel of Luke talks about Jesus going to a desolate place a lot. You know what Jesus does, what we need to do? He eliminates distractions. You know, a lot of us, we have a hard time praying because we're so distracted. We have a world that wants to keep you on your screen rather than keep you on your knees with your Father, right? We're so distracted. He gets up before everyone, while the disciples, while Matthew, and, Peter and John and while they're all passed out, snoring, drooling, dreaming dreams, Jesus is up with the Father. Because he knows the most important time of during this day is his time with the Father. The most important time of our of our day. It's not when we accomplish a task at work. That's important. They pay you to do that. This is not meant for you just not to do that. Don't hear that. Well, my pastor said he I don't need to do anything and just pray. Listen. Prayer does not mean human responsibility. Just take away human responsibility, all right? All right? You need to do what you need to do, all right? But the most important time in our, in our day is when we call on Abba. Abba, I had a hard day today. My coworkers were rude. My family is nasty. But in your presence, there is fullness of joy. And here I am. What if that was our approach? And we see Jesus push away and eliminate distraction. And then you see going on, it says, Simon, who happens to be Peter, Simon, verse 36, and those who were with him search for him. The more Greek explanation for this, really that means they were hunting him down, right? Like a hunter, like, like somebody who was hunting going after a prey, right? They were searching for Jesus. Now, I need to stop and I need to say this because this is very important. If you read just a couple verses before this, not even a couple, the whole first early of the chapter, we see Jesus healing everybody, right? It was, it, it was like everybody just came up, and Jesus either spoke a word, and he, he touched them, and they were healed. He was healing lepers. He was healing people who were blind, right? And all this stuff, and Jesus spent all night healing people. His popularity increased. Everybody wanted to be around Jesus. And the disciples came to him and said, Jesus, we need to capitalize off this popularity. You are the get quick, uh, you, you can, we can get real quick, uh, we can get rich real quick to, uh, if we just continuously uh, show these miracles. We continuously do all of this. But you know what I love about Jesus? They had to hunt for him. Because he says this, no matter, no matter how much his demands increase, it does not now does it not affect our prayer life is our busyness I'm just busy 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 right I'm busy right and a lot of us are busy but not really effective can I just say that we're, we're really busy right and sometimes when our demands increase our time with God decreases is it, why is it that God is the first one pushed out when life gets busy you ever ask yourself that Listen, I'm telling you that from experience. I'm not judging you. I'm not condemning you. I'm not sitting here the hell, brimstone, and fire preacher just telling you. I'm, I'm saying this out of experience. When I had children, life got busy, right? Right? And who's the one person that got pushed out? It couldn't be the wife because I wanted to sleep at night, but it couldn't be the wife. <laughs> you laughed at totally it because you've been there before. <laughs> right, Keith? It, it, right? But, why? but it, the first thing that gets pushed out is our relationship with God. Distraction, busyness. But here's what I want you to know. I think a lot of us don't pray because we don't think it works. Some of us have prayed for things, and the thing we prayed for never happened. Right? We prayed for someone to be healed of cancer and never got better. We prayed for our relationship to get better, but it ended up in divorce. A lot of us don't pray because we don't think that it common theme that I've been preaching on a lot for the last couple weeks. Some of you know this, but I'm going to remind you, for, and I'm going to tell the new people. Sometimes God says no. Right? Sometimes God says not right now. But sometimes God says not this. Right? And I want you to know this. God closed the door and didn't answer the prayer or not because he didn't love you. Because what father, what father, a good son, uh, we know a good father isn't one of the ones who just play with their kids, but know when to correct their kids, right? My my kid my son the other day, he got in the front seat of the car. He's like, Daddy, I want to go driving. Now would I be a good father if I uh, uh, put the keys in the ignition and I turn and I put it in drive and I say, Go ahead, son. You wanted to do it. It's your wish. You want to do it. Go ahead. You know, you'll be like, yeah, you're being a pretty bad father at that moment, right? I believe sometimes that's how the father relates to us. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm thankful God didn't answer some prayers. <laughs> I'm thankful God didn't answer some prayers in my life because I prayed some prayers that I thought were the best thing. And then God's like, no, bro, you don't need to marry her. Like, she's not wise. <laughs> no, hey, you don't need to do this, Right? Sometimes we have to realize, see, prayer, if our prayer is only for to get something from God, then we're going to be sorely disappointed. But if our prayer is. His blessing is Christ Jesus himself so it's communion with God and then Jesus it says ver- uh, later on Jesus uh, receives direction and clarity Jesus goes and be with the Father he prays and then uh, uh, he goes and says I must preach to the nations and he goes and, and he does that and sometimes prayer is meant for that prayer is meant to give us direction right prayer is meant to give us what to do next. The other day, my wife and I, I, I'm not afraid to tell you my life, all right? I'm a very vulnerable preacher, so you're going to hear about all my brokenness and all my skeletons, all right? I'm not afraid to say it because I've been redeemed by the blood, all right? But anyway, anyway, <laughs> my wife and I got in a bad argument the other day. Now, you know, you you know who was in the wrong, right? No, no, brother, hold on, wait, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, no, no, no. I mean, yes, it kind of was. I mean, 85 percent my fault, 95 percent my fault, right, right. And you ever bit spouses? You ever, you ever get in an argument, and you 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 go start to take over, and you don't want to say anything to them, and you want them to learn by your by being quiet. <laughs> you laugh because you've done it, <laughs> right? I'm just I'm gonna give them the silent treatment. I'm not gonna do anything, right? And we go throughout the night, and we put the boys to bed, and we go our separate separate ways. I'm in the backyard. And, She's inside, you know, reading her little uh, love books that she likes to read, and then I pray. And I, I, I kid you not, the Holy Spirit's like, hey, dummy, don't say sorry, right? right? It's hard to say no to God sometimes. I mean, it, it's, it's easy to say no, but sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, maybe that's what I need to do, right? right? And, God, and, and I remember just in that moment, I was like, like, if Christ can die for me, I think I can say sorry to my wife. Right? What does it cost me? My ego? My pride? Right? And that's what prayer is it's meant to do. It's meant to give you and I direction. God, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? And sometimes when we think about prayer, it's either before a meal or it's, uh, we hear it in church or anything like that. But prayer is supposed to make its way in every part of our lives. Pray before we get a new job. Pray before we move to a new area. Pray before we have children. Pray before any. Prayer is our compass towards the will of God. That's what prayer is meant to be. And Jesus practices. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want to, write, I want to give you a couple more things. I'm almost done. We pray for the fame. know what this world needs it doesn't need for your prayers to be answered it needs the glory of Jesus Christ we pray because listen God is in the business of making his name known right listen God wants his name to be known we pray for the glory of God I don't have this point so don't put point number two don't put point number two I don't have this point uh, on, on, uh, on the screen for you number two Pray for one another. Don't put it up. Don't put the next one up. We pray for one another. Listen, spouses, we should pray with one another. Hold the hand of your spouse and pray nothing but blessing, favor, and goodness in their lives. We should be praying over our children, right? I, we should be. I never forget prayer was so modeled in my home. What I would see is my dad. What he would do and my mom and my dad. What they would do is they would, when we were sleeping in the room, what they would do, they would put their hand on our doors and they would pray heaven down, right? I, I can hear them. They would think that I'm asleep, but I can hear them, right? And I'm hearing my dad say, Lord, bless him. I pray he's a man of God. I praise a man of integrity. I praise a man of character. And, and the one thing that I've noticed and one thing that was example for me is that prayer needs to not just be to self, but to others as well, too we need to pray over our families we need to pray over our cities we need to pray over this campus we need to pray because at the end of the day it is god's hand that is a better hand than ours it is god's wisdom that is a better wisdom than ours it is god's love that is better than our love we need to pray not just to ourselves but we need to have a prayer that is outward as well too this is the prayer of the righteous because sometimes I can get very selfish in prayer, right? I never forget, one pastor said this a long time ago. He says, you don't pray for yourself because you know God is taking care of your needs. Therefore, you pray for others. Number two, now now number two, which is really number three, but now number three, we pray to allow God to search and expose the depths of our hearts. You know what I need? You know what I need more than ever? I need to learn how to forgive. Maybe you can pray, Lord, help me to forgive. Lord, help me to not have a jealous, and a begrudging heart, right? What what, what if if our prayers weren't so material, but they were spiritual? What if our prayers say, God, help me to have more patience? Anybody impatient in the room today? Y'all are sinners. Don't lie to me. Raise your hand. Anybody impatient in this room today? Yes, thank you. I am as patient as they come. I'm the first one throwing up holy gang signs in traffic when someone cuts me off, alright? I'm the first one calling the tr- truck driver an idiot. Yes, that's me. Alright? I am an impatient person. And you know what I know you know what I noticed? You know what I noticed? My impatience wears off on my family. Right? Because next year you know, my children are impatient. Where'd you get that from? But if our prayers were, were more in, uh, in this direction, God being at work in our hearts. Number three, or number four, we pray. Prayer is an instrumental means to managing our trials. The Lord knows you and I worry every single day, right? There's not a day that goes by without us being anxious about something. We know, we know Philippians 4, Be anxious for nothing. Yeah, but I can't not be anxious. I'm anxious because I'm anxious, Right? right? But, but what happens, prayer is the, the means for, for us in managing our brokenness and managing our struggles. Prayer changes the perspective. It teaches us to master our worries that we struggle with. It teaches us to, to manage the stress that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. I know a lot of you in this room today, a lot of you have a lot of stress on your, in your life right now, stress from work Right? And for some reason, the greatest stress comes from our jobs. Right? We put a lot on ourselves. Right? We we say to ourselves, I got to do this. I got to achieve this. I got to be this. I got to go to this. And all of that. But prayer is where we find rest. Prayer is where we come to the Father and we say to ourselves, there's a lot that I'm struggling with. But it's not too heavy for you. So here I am. Prayer is the the means of managing our trials in our lives. I love what John Calvin says. John Calvin says this. For we lay our knee before God in prayer, but not prescribe to God a measure, a manner, a time, a place. We must leave that to God. For he may wish to give it it to us in another, perhaps, better way than we think best. Right? Because here's the thing. You can pray something to God and then you keep thinking about it been there before, right? You, you, you pray something to the Lord, and then you just keep thinking about it because you think thinking about it is going to change it and make it better, right? For some reason, we think worry is the antidote to making things better, right? But, but prayer is saying, listen, not my will, but your will be done in all my life. Number Number six, prayer is the access to God's presence and power. Here's what I want you to know. A lot of us don't pray because we don't know what we have to access. So you've got to remember, Christ purchased our relationship with the Father. Before before Christ, we were far from God. But because of Christ, he brought us nearer to the Father. We were reconciled, the Bible calls it. We were reconciled. and Not only were we reconciled, we had access. Well, what do we have access to? You ready? We have access to wisdom. James chapter 1, it says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask God. We have, we, have, we, have, we have access to conquer temptation. Paul says this, God will give you a way out. But we, have, we have access to grace. Because sometimes I can beat myself up a little too much. Is anybody like me? Beat yourself up a little too much. You should be much further than you are today. You should have just did this when when this happened, right? And and, and I begin to dwell on what I should have done, but grace frees me. We have access to grace and mercy in our lives. I'm going to leave you with these couple things real quick. I want you to pray out loud, right? Most of our prayers are with our minds, but what if your prayers are with your mouth? I want you to go home, and I want you to pray out loud. Now, make sure you're alone, because if you pray, like, in the middle of the mall, people are going to think you're kind of weird. But if you just get with the Father and pray out loud. Say, Lord, here I am. And I don't want to do the talking. I want to do the listening. I want you to pray out loud. Number two, I want you to schedule your day around God. Right? Not schedule God around your day. But schedule your your day around God, right? Right? Wait, when am I going to pray? When am I going to be be with the Father? When am I going to read? When am I going to uh, uh, go to church? When am I going to do any of this? I encourage you to do that. Number three, meditate on the Scriptures. I want to show you guys just one thing that I've been doing in my Bible. One thing I've been doing in my Bible is I've been writing down the verses that I want to memorize in the back of my Bible write down the verse. So when I'm reading, I'll write it down back here. And, what, and the reason why I write them back, back here because, because I want to memorize them when I need them. I encourage you as you read, write them. Take your Bible. You don't have a Bible? Don't worry, we'll give you one if you don't have one. Write right down in the back, what are the verses that you're like, man, this is, this is really uh, 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 compelling. I want to remember this. I want to memorize this. But see, here's the thing. I know this. That sometimes when we come to church, we think that that's enough. When we hear the preacher, that's our that's our bread. But last time that I heard, you must eat every day. Right? Last that I heard, you must eat every day. What if this was our food? What if our food came from the mouth of God? But God said, What God. go to him and we open up the scriptures and we say Lord come with me as I read your word right? come with me as I memorize your ways." I believe the greatest change you can ever make in your life is not planning around a vacation, it's not planning to try to get a, a, a promotion in your job, I believe the greatest change is when you invest in your prayer life when you make prayer say to yourself, I'm just going to God so I can get more of Him in my life. Let's pray. Dear Father, Your grace is sufficient. Your love abounds more and more. Father, I pray that today we can have a, we can be reminded Father, that that we need to come before you a little bit more. Father, I want to say I'm sorry. I want to say I'm sorry for choosing Netflix for you. I want to say I'm sorry for choosing my phone over you. I'm sorry for choosing gossip over you. Sorry, Father, for choosing so much over you. Father, I pray that your spirit gives me, gives me the motivation to go to you. I pray that I can recognize that still, small voice that says, go to the Father. Lord, I pray that I can establish more prayer in my life. Father, help us today. Help us to to realize that the greatest posture in our lives is the posture with you. Help us to experience you as a father. I pray that you heal broken fatherly wounds. Reminding us and giving us yourself. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you. In your son's perfect name, we pray. Amen.